22. A pair to draw to. This one just makes me smile because it reminds me of my father. Um, I'm going to tell you the story about why this reminds me of my father. It was one of the things he would say whenever he saw someone, some couple, two men, two women, a man and a woman, any group that looked like they were up to no good, made up of two people, was a pair to draw to. My father was an inveterate poker player. So this was, uh, it'd be like having a pair of deuces. It's, nothing's going to go well if you draw to that. It begins uh, with a quote from, from me. It is the sand in the oyster that is the beginning of the pearl. Fathers are a good source of sand. Whenever my father, as I said, encountered a couple who looked like they were up to no good, he would say, there's a pair to draw to. Now, in the metaphor of poker, the pair to which he was referring would have to be seen as a low pair. Deuces or trays. Fours, fives. So, in fact, they were not a pair to draw to at all. It would be best just to fold before the draw and sit the hand out. But also, there was the implication that trouble was just around the corner, drawn to the energy of this pair. And if we wanted to wait around, we could probably see trouble arrive. My father lived through World War II like so many of his generation. He was mortared, his unit blown to shreds. The only survivors, uh, himself and one other soldier. The army doctors had to rebuild his jaw from part of his shin bone, then wire his teeth together for six months. Later in life, sitting at the kitchen table, he would sometimes cough more harshly than usual. And after some minutes of the worst hacking, he would open his fist to reveal a piece of dark lead shrapnel that had worked its way through his body and had finally arrived at his lungs to be expelled. From all reports, my father was bright, wise, loving, and kind, and funny before the war. He had a great sense of humor. Apparently, he was fun to drink with. The war changed a lot of that. The father I knew was more of a mystery, and stories like the one above were part of a mythology I told myself to know something about this man whose name and home I shared, but uh, little else. As a matter of fact, the stories about his experiences in the war, I never heard from him, but only from others. And what does this have to do with consciousness? Well, everything has to do with consciousness. The Veda tells us that consciousness is all there is. When my father died many years ago, I had a very clear vision of him arriving at some post-body way station, no longer trapped in that packet of flesh that was my father, looking back at where he had just come from and cursing to himself, damn it, I blew it again, as if he was suddenly aware of the assignment he'd given himself and forgotten, to learn how to love and be loved. 
It's understandable. It's, it's really easy to get lost here, especially if we're at the mercy of trauma and tragedy and darkness. I spent a lot of time trying to forgive him for not being the father I thought I needed, for not being the father I, I, I think I should have had. And I have to say that today this seems profoundly arrogant on my part, that I would judge the way another expression of consciousness walked through his time on earth. Perhaps I needed to go through that process, and certainly it's understandable, but I know now that he was the best man he knew how to be based on the ideas he had and the tools that he had at his disposal. And, and I'm sure he was the father I needed to develop the tools for life I now have at my disposal. The sand in the oyster is the beginning of the pearl. And as I said, fathers are a great source of sand. And consciousness is a beautiful flow of evolutionary wisdom from his father to him, and then to me, and then to my own son, each generation taking what worked from what came before, letting go of what didn't, and remapping the path forward with each iteration. So much of how and who we are in the world is based on the stories we tell ourselves, the mythologies of our beginnings. These days, I see my lineage as a beautiful story of success. And I mean success in the truest sense, the successive progression of life from one state to another higher state. The movement from narrow consciousness to wider consciousness, from fragility to strength, from constraint to expansion, from suffering to joy. Had my father not suffered through his life the way he did, perhaps I would have had to suffer more on my own. At any rate, I lived my life not simply for myself, but also for him and every other expression of consciousness who came before him, who came before me. For there is only one thing, consciousness. There is only one life. This one I am in here in this moment. This one you are in here in this moment. It is said that to be given life as a human is a rare and beautiful thing, that indeed the experience of heaven itself is a body-dependent phenomenon. And I, today, am grateful just for the chance to play, for the opportunity to have one of these bodies and to have the challenges and the assignments that I've been able to take on, having been born the son of, of this heroic individual, this man who lived his life as best he could and carried the weight that uh, the world offered him to carry. Today I will remember my ancestors with gratitude. At a moment when I'm enjoying the breeze or the warmth of the sun, I will have my father with me in my heart so that he may share the moment with me. Thanks for listening.
Have a great day. Hi, I'm Jeff Cooper. Thanks for listening to Embracing Bliss. I started this podcast and the book it's based on to offer a daily reminder to myself as well as to you that we have the freedom to choose happiness. And if ever we needed happiness and freedom to choose in this world, now would be that time. So please do share it with someone you love, send it to a friend, and also please stay in touch. Links for Instagram, uh, the book Embracing Bliss, and to sign up for my newsletter can all be found in the show notes. Until next time, have a great day.